The title of the message this morning is Stay With It. Stay with it. Turn to someone next to you and say, stay with it. Now, we've been in a series called 21 Days of Faith. And here we are. It's the fourth week of September. And you're going, how do we have a four-week series that's called 21 Days of Faith? Because we're in overtime, baby. Come on, somebody. Stay with it. Too many times we quit right before the breakthrough. And, and what really started getting me really excited about this message is yesterday, uh, a team in our city, TU football, had the greatest comeback in the history of their football program. They were down 31 to zero and they came back and they won in double overtime. Stay with it, baby. Stay with it. Stay with what, Paul? You might be saying, well, stay with what? Stay with that attitude of faith. Stay with that attitude of hope. Stay in that attitude of love. But Paul, I'm being mistreated. I'm being, people are hurting me. People are making me angry. Stay with it. Stay in love. Stay in that place of peace. But Paul, there's chaos all around me. Stay in. Stay in the game. Stay with it. Stay in the place of peace. Stay in the place of faith. I think one of my favorite stories that I've recently discovered in the Bible has to do with this idea of staying with it. That there's rewards to faithfulness. There's rewards to staying in the game. There's benefits. There's loyalty bonuses when you just stay with it. Come on, somebody. Go to Genesis 26. And this is a story of how God blessed a man who stayed with it when everyone else was leaving. When everyone else was quitting. When everyone else was throwing in the towel when everyone else was saying this nation is going down the, the the drain there's nothing good here it's famine this man stayed in the game Genesis 26 this was the son of father Abraham father Abraham had many sons and many sons had father Abraham and I am one of them and so are you so let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around, sit down. Come on, Father Abraham, children. <laughs> Children's church. I know where my Sunday school friends are at. Um, so Isaac was one of Abraham's kids. And the Bible says that when you called on Jesus, when you decided to believe in God, you were grafted into the same family as Abraham, which makes Abraham like your great, 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 great grandfather. And that somewhere down the line, you're one of his kids, so you get the blessing that was on Abraham. So we see in Genesis 26, verse one, a severe famine now struck the land. Now, it looks like this is a, just a, a, a surprise, that it happened right now, a severe famine right now happened, but we see there's a comma there and it says, this has happened before. This is not God's first rodeo. God is not surprised by what's going on in our world, in our nation, in our city. That there have been times before where there was famine, where there was chaos, where there was destruction, where there was anger, where there was hostility. God is not surprised by what's going on. And, and it says that Isaac moved to Gerar. Now, Gerar would be like moving 10 miles away from where he was. It wasn't a new country. It wasn't some far off city. It was basically like a neighboring town. There's a map of Isaac's journey here. And if you'll see on this map, there's an area on the map that says Canaan. And right there towards the bottom right of Canaan, you'll see some different towns and there's Rehoboth and there's Gerar and there's Beersheba. These were all the towns where Isaac was at. Now, everybody was leaving Canaan to go down to Egypt because Egypt was where the money was at. People following the money, following where the provision will be. What if you followed God and let the provision follow you rather than following the provision and hoping that God will show up? What if you followed what God said? What if you followed God's voice instead of the popular choice? Come on, church. I'm preaching better than you're talking to me. So Isaac found himself in a place where everyone was leaving and God shows up, verse two, and God speaks to Isaac and he says, don't you dare go down to Egypt. Turn to someone next to you and say, don't go down to Egypt. 
What would Egypt represent? Egypt would represent leaving where God has called you to stay. Leaving the place that God's called you to stay in. Not just externally, but internally. Leaving the place of faith. Leaving the place of hope. Leaving the place of peace. Leaving the presence of God. Leaving that place of forgiveness. Leaving that place of joy. Not letting the outside dictate the inside, but letting the inside dictate the outside. Externally, it could be leaving your marriage. Leaving the job that God has you in because you're not happy. If you only stayed places where you were happy, you wouldn't stay anywhere. Because not 100% of the time is anybody always happy with every person they're with and every job they're in. Multiple times there's been moments where all of us have wanted to throw in the towel, but there's something for the people who stick with it, who stay where God's called them to stay. And so God says, don't you leave. Don't you leave. Do as I tell you. I know the experts are saying to go, to leave this person, there's nothing there. You aren't happy. Just get out of here. Leave the company. Fold up. Just leave town. But I'm telling you, stay. Look at verse 3. He says, stay right here. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you. See, the blessing of God, he says, I'm going to bless you. The blessing of God is not limited to your location. It's not limited to your vocation. It's not limited to who you're married to. It's not limited to how long you've been married. It's not limited to whether you have kids or don't have kids. It's not limited to your marital status, whether you're single, divorced, or married. The blessing of God supersedes any season, any location, any vocation, any family you grew up in. You say, Paul, I got some bad family members. I got, I mean, I came into this world with some jacked up family members but before your parents could put anything on you God stamped you with this DNA you are made in his image you are a child of God before anyone could put a generational curse on you God put his blessing on the inside of you so Isaac was a blessed man living in a famine land he said I'm gonna bless you I hereby confirm I will give all these lands to you. God was saying, look around, Isaac. It's all yours. I'm going to give you all the lands and I'm going to cause your children to inherit all this territory. The fight you're in right now is a fight for territory. The devil wants your marriage. He wants your family. He wants your finances. He wants you to quit going to college. He wants you to quit the internship. He wants you to quit the job. He wants you to uh, uh, leave that place because there's something there that the devil wants and he doesn't want you there and he's bothered that you're there and so he's bringing all hell against you but you know that the darkness cannot stop you from your destiny that hell can't stop you from what heaven has called you to fulfill <sighs> he said I'm going to cause your children to be blessed just as I promised your daddy, Abraham, I'm going to cause your kids to be as numerous as the stars of the sky. Look up, count the stars if you can. I'm going to give it all to you through your kids. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. Guys, this blessing is your blessing. Circle that for your kids. Circle this for your family. Circle this for your life. Verse 5, he said, I will do this. I swear I will do this because your daddy Abraham listened to me and he obeyed the commandments, decrees, and instructions that I gave to him. You're going to step into blessings because of what your grandma did 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You're going to step into favor because of your dad's seeds, because Billy Joe and Sharon were sowing when no one else was sowing because Oral Roberts was sacrificing in the 60s, you're going to step into a harvest in Tulsa that you didn't even pay for. Somebody else paid the seeds for your harvest. And the seeds you're sowing right now are for your future kids and your future grandkids. I'm telling you, there is power in the seed. You say, but Paul, I haven't seen the harvest. But Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be mocked, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked for whatever a man or woman sows that will he also reap 
And Galatians 6, 9 says, those who stick with it. If you, if you don't give up, don't grow weary in doing the right thing. Don't grow weary in staying in the game. Don't grow weary in just doing the mundane routine, showing up on Monday, sowing the seeds, working the job, being the babysitter, being the nanny, being the daddy, being the mommy, being the husband, being the wife. I know it doesn't seem like a real fancy, exciting role right now, but God says, stay right there. Stay put because I'm about to bless you in the middle of whatever you're walking through. I will bless you, but your provision is connected to your submission. Your provision is connected to your submission. Will you actually follow God's voice? A lot of people want to be blessed, but they refuse to obey God. So many people will leave the place where God's put them because something exciting comes along. I was on a walk with my dog a couple years ago and we were going through, I don't know, it was dark at night. We were going through a, a certain area of Tulsa and we were walking and all of a sudden, a little rabbit came right out in front of him. I go, oh no, PJ, stay, stay, stay. I had him on a leash. Now I'm not saying God wants to put you on a leash. So don't read into the story. I don't know, maybe he does. <laughs> but I had PJ on a leash. I said, stay, stay. You know, and PJ just goes after it. And he starts chasing this rabbit. Man, he chases the rabbit through this field. And all of a sudden, about 40 seconds later, I start hitting the leash totally went away from me. I mean, the dog took off. I'm running after him. And 40 seconds later, I hear this, you know, he's like squealing and barking. And I find him and he's run into a barbed wire fence and he's cut the side of his neck and his face. He's got blood and he's crying. And I wanted to tell him, told you, uh, but I was nice and we bandaged up his wounds. He's okay now, he's totally fine. He had to wear one of those things around his head for a while because he kept wanting to scratch his bandages. And so he kind of felt humiliated walking around with one of those big dog things that covers your head. Here's the point. Oftentimes we take off running from the place God's called us to be because something exciting comes along. Something's trying to lure you away from being in that place of faith, from just working that job, being in that marriage. You say, Paul, it feels like a famine. It feels like my husband doesn't even like me. He doesn't care for me. My wife, she's always nagging me. It just feels like a famine in my marriage. My kids, they're rebellious. They won't listen to me. It just feels like a famine in my family. And God says, stay right there. Stay, obey, and start sowing. Watch what Isaac does. Isaac has some problems with his wife. It's actually a repeat of what his dad went through. Isaac pretends that his wife is his sister. Where did he learn that from? Abraham did that. You will inherit some of the same battles and blessings as your parents, but trust that God is with you to deliver you out of those battles and to give you blessing even when you miss it. Isn't it amazing that God still blessed Abraham and Isaac even though they missed it at times in their life? I'm glad God uses imperfect people to do great things for the Lord because you and I wouldn't even be here if he didn't. But in verse 12, it says that Isaac sowed in the famine. He stayed, he obeyed, and he started sowing. He started sowing. Why would you sow into soil that's producing no crops? Isaac, you're wasting your seed. You are wasting your seed. You are wasting your seed. You are sowing into land that's producing nothing. But Isaac knew something that they didn't know. Isaac knew, if God is for me, who can be against me? If God is with me, what famine can stand a chance against the God who's on my side? So Isaac sowed and it said in the same year, he reaped 100 fold harvest. You've got to give God something to multiply. Give him something to multiply. Give something to activate your faith. Isaac was activating his faith. It didn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. If it did make sense, it wouldn't be faith. There's something powerful about the mystery behind believing even when it doesn't make sense. But Isaac planted the seed. He reaped the harvest. In verse 13, he became rich, so wealthy. Verse 14, he was accumulating cattle and herds and goats and servants and the Philistines envied him. 
Now, I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. How do we stay with it? How do we stay, obey, and sow when it doesn't make sense? There's two things, faith and patience. Faith and patience. They go hand in hand. It's like beef and cheddar. They go together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. It just works. That doesn't rhyme, but don't worry about it. Come on, somebody. Faith and patience. You can't have patience without faith, and you can't have faith without patience. If all you have is faith, when it doesn't work out, you're going to leave and quit. You're going to be upset. If all you have is patience, you're going to be sitting there the whole time, but not expecting anything. You got to have both. Hebrews chapter six says through faith and patience, your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob inherited the promises of God. Faith and patience are not a lazy, sluggish attitude. Faith and patience are an active. I'm going to make the most, but I'm not leaving where God's placed me to be. I'm going to stay in motion, but I'm not moving out of the land that God called me to stay in. I'm going to wake up on Monday and I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to work my job. I'm going to work in my marriage. I'm going to work on my family. I'm going to sow seed even when I'm not getting any harvest back. I'm going to sow seeds of love. I'm going to sow seeds of forgiveness. I'm going to sow seeds of prayer. I'm going to sow seeds of finances. I'm going to sow seeds of kindness. I'm going to sow seeds of, of, of being a peacemaker. See, when you start making the most of the place God has you right now, you start discovering what's actually beneath the soil of the ground you're standing on. The grass will always look greener on the other side when you're not watering your own garden, your own yard. You've got to water it. You've got to work it. I was on the highway the other day and I was in a lane that I had to stay in because my exit was just a mile away, but the lane I was in was backed up in traffic car after car after car after car here I was backed up and man I wanted to get out of my lane I was looking at the other lanes they started moving they were going faster and faster and I was thinking okay maybe I can get in that lane and get ahead of like a hundred cars and get up there and cut up in front and get back in the lane I need to be in don't get tricky <laughs> so I did I got out of my lane got into the other lane. I was thinking, nice, I'm going to start moving. Right when I got into the other lane, all of a sudden it just stopped up. And the lane that I was once in started moving faster. And I thought, oh, I, well, I was friends with those guys. Let me get back in there. They're like, no, -uh, you tried to get out of our lane. You are not one of our friends. You tried to cut in front of us. Nobody would let me back in my lane. And it was some of you guys, I think. <laughs> They're like, take that pastor. That's what you get for trying to get out of your lane. <laughs> This is what happens though sometimes. We get out of the mission, the ministry, the marriage, the covenant, the place we're supposed to be in. I'm gonna get a newer model. I'm gonna find someone 30 years younger. I'm gonna go and do something fresh. What if you just stayed with it until the miracle happened? What if you stayed there until you saw the breakthrough? What if you stopped leaving every time you got unhappy, every time you got antsy, every time you felt restless? What if God's saying, just stay? Just stay. I have a blessing waiting for you in this season, in this moment. You know, the amazing thing is God blessed Isaac in a year that made no sense to get blessed. I've heard people come to me and say, you know, the year of Jubilee is coming up. That's the year where God's blessing actually comes to pass. And I'm thinking, okay, but God's blessing also comes to pass in the famine. God's blessing also happens when it's not the year of Jubilee. God's blessing is not contingent upon what year it is, what president's in office, what season you're in, what city you're living in, what church you're going to, what family you grew up in. The blessing of God supersedes any season, any location, any vocation, any year you're in. You say, Paul, it's the fourth year. It's gotta be the seventh year in order to get the blessing. God can bless you on the fourth year, the fifth year, the sixth year, and the seventh year. Stop limiting what our incredible God can do. The Bible says nothing is impossible for him. Things will look vastly different in your life by this December in Jesus name. Stay, obey, and sow. Through faith and patience, they activated, they waited, they saw their breakthrough, they saw their miracle. Isaac starts prospering, the people don't like it. It says in verse 15 that they covered up Isaac's dad, Abraham, the old wells. 
They found those old wells that Abraham had dug up. And God used wells to supply and provide life to the Israelites. So Abraham had dug up these old wells. And by the way, Abraham actually named his wells. He would name his wells what he wanted them to be, what he wanted them to do. Are you naming your wells? What are you naming your bank account? What if you named your bank account increase? They say, now what's the title of this account? It's called favor. Now what, what's the title of this account? It's called abundance. Well, what about this one? It's called Ephesians 3.20. Now what about this one? It's called Philippians 1.6. He who started his work in me will be faithful. Now what are your children called? They're called great. They're called blessed. They're called favored. They're called protected. They're called provided. They're called coming back to the Lord. What are you naming your future? What are you naming your bank? What are you naming your company? What are you naming this season of college? What are you naming your children? What are you naming your children's future? What if you started naming it? Words of hope, words of faith. You know, the Israelites one time came upon a well that was supposed to have water in it, and it didn't have water. In Numbers chapter 21, they got there, and, and Lord had led them to this place where he was going to give them water. They show up to the well. Uh, God... Where's the water? Instead of leaving and quitting and saying, you let us out here to die. This isn't going to work out. We're throwing in the towel. I mean, the scoreboard just says we're down. We might as well quit. Instead of quitting, they started singing to the well. Spring up a well within my soul. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly I've got a river of life flowing out of me makes the lame to walk and the blind to see opens prison doors sets the captives free I got a river of life flowing out of me spring up a well man you guys are awesome I love I love being with y'all but the point is, is they started singing. And when they started singing, the well started producing water. What if you stayed and started singing to the thing that's producing nothing? Spring up. Spring up, marriage. Spring up, husband. Spring up, wife. Spring up, health. Spring up, healing. Spring up, oh, finances. Spring up, oh, company. Spring up, oh, dreams inside my heart. Spring up, oh, favor. Spring up, oh, ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Spring up. I was talking with a single recently who said, Paul, I've been going to church here for like 10, 15 years. There is nobody here for me. I have not met one single person that I can date. I was like, you need to come to the 11 a.m. service. <laughs> I said, where did God call you to be? They said, here. I said, well, God's got the one. Maybe he's delivering you from some future wrecked marriages if you were somewhere else, if you were chasing the rabbit to some other place. <laughs> Stay where he has you. The answer is in the house that God's placed you in. The answer, the miracle, is waiting under the soil of where he's called you to stay. But Paul, it's a famine here. It's a famine. No. And even if it was, God can bless you in the famine. I believe God wants to bless some businessmen that are in a area economically that seems like a famine, an industry. I believe God wants to prosper some oil and gas people. I believe God wants to prosper people in places where it doesn't make sense for them to prosper where the world goes now how is he prospering and and how is he because the favor of God is on your life because you've obeyed God because you followed his commandments because you're sowing in the famine because you're staying where he's called you to be you're obeying what he's called you to do Isaac found those old wells that Abraham had dug. He dug them back up. He named them new wells. The Philistines didn't like it. They tried to take the wells from him. Isaac was a peacemaker. Instead of fighting, he said, they're yours. God has more in store for me, so I'm going to let it go. 
Isaac moved on and he finally came to Beersheba. That's where he found the well, the fresh new well, the well that not even Abraham had found. And it was at that well that God planted Isaac right there in the land of Canaan, in the place of famine. Isaac continued to prosper. He had provision for all of his family, all of his friends, all of his animals, his servants, everything. God blessed him right there. There's one thing I want to tell you today before we close. In Numbers 22 through 25, Balak was a king who was threatened and angry by the Israelites' massive uh, amount of people that were occupying the land. And Balak called on this prophet named Balaam. He said, I want you to come and curse these Israelites so they'll get out of my land. And Balaam said, I can't curse whom God has blessed. I can't stop what God has put momentum on. How do you get momentum, by the way? You get momentum when you stay somewhere long enough and you work it hard enough and you stick with it and all of a sudden the lane opens up and it starts moving and all of a sudden the speed starts growing and you start getting some traction. That's where momentum... So Israelites had momentum, man. They were moving towards the promised land. They were following God's commandments. So anytime Balaam opened his mouth to try and curse them, a blessing came out. They're blessed coming in and blessed going out. God's blessing and favor is chasing them down. God surrounds them with a blessing. You can't touch them. You can't stop them. You can't force them out of here. God's blessing is on them. And Balak got angry. He said, I'm paying you to curse them. And you keep blessing them. He said, I can't help it. I can only speak what God has said. In Numbers 25, Balaam said this, I can't curse them, but they can curse themselves if they leave the place that God's called them to stay in. If they walk away from the commandments that God's called them to stay in. If they choose to marry into another area that God's called them to stay away from. If they leave the place where the blessing is at, God doesn't curse them, they curse themselves. Where does that come from? Deuteronomy 28. Choose today whom you will serve. These blessings will follow you. But if you refuse to do what God's asked you to do, you are bringing the curse upon yourself. If you refuse to follow God's plan, you are literally walking away from the blessed place. This is what the prodigal son did. He was in a house where he had everything. Luke 15, Jesus says, this little boy, I mean, he had a place to sleep. He had food to eat. He had a dad who loved him. He had a brother. He had family members. He had friends. He had everything he needed, but this restless spirit got inside of him, this antsy spirit. I wonder what's out there. I wonder what other people are doing. I don't need to be in church. I don't need to stay in love. Oh, I want to get out of here. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. I, I don't want to be in the house. I want to see what's out there. And so the prodigal son, he took his dad's money and he went and he lived large and in charge, at least for a little while. You can look blessed for a little bit when you walk out of that season, but soon enough, it catches up with you. And he found himself in the pig pen and he came to his senses. There's a place where I'm loved. There's a place where I'm forgiven. There's a place where I'm taken care of. There's a place of provision and protection. I need to go back to that place. I need to go back to my father's house. Stay with it. I think there's some people here today, maybe someone who's watching online, a wife who just feels like leaving, a husband who just feels like quitting, a pastor who just feels like giving up, a missionary who just wants to move. Things don't seem to be happening. But what did God say? Doesn't matter what everyone else is saying. What has God said? What has God asked you to do? Stay with it. Your miracle, your breakthrough, your favor, your blessing is coming. You've got to stay with it. I want us to stand to our feet all over this room. Lord, I thank you this morning, God. You love every person here so much. Even when they've walked away from you. Even when we've missed it. God, I know for me... In my life, it, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be where I am today. I need your grace on a daily basis. I want to stay in a place of grace. I want to stay in a place of love. I want to stay in the presence of God. I want to stay in prayer. Even when things are chaotic around me, I want to stay in the mission God's called me to be in. I'm going to stay in the marriage God's put me in. I'm going to stay in the ministry God's called
called me to. I'm going to stay in the moment God has me in. I'm going to stay in the movement God's connected me to. This morning, I pray, God, for a stained faith to rise up inside of each person here today. Lord, that they wouldn't throw in the towel. They wouldn't walk away. They wouldn't quit. That right beneath the soil of the ground they're standing on, there are miracles, blessings, breakthroughs, healing, restoration in families, deliverance in in men, deliverance in women. In Jesus' name, I feel to say this. It was when Isaac started digging that he started finding the water that was beneath him. It was when Isaac started sowing that he started seeing the harvest he was waiting for. God wants you to dig in the ground that you're standing on. He wants you to sow. Sow. Even when you're not getting any harvest back, sow. Scatter the seed in Jesus' name. He wants you to dig up some of those wells. God has water for you. He has life for you. In Jesus' name, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here today and you just need strength to stay with it. I want you to raise your hand across this room to stay with it in faith, to stay with it for that miracle, to stay with it in peace, to stay with it in love. You're threatened right now to get upset. You just need to stay with it. You raise your hand across this room. You know who you are. Yeah, hands going up all over this room. I want you to do something today. Well, I want us to end with a play, uh, just a time of surrender. If you raised your hand or you know you should have raised your hand, I want you to just make your way today down to this altar right now to say, Lord, I'm staying right where you've got me. I'm staying in the neighborhood you placed me in. I'm staying in the job you got me in. I'm staying in the marriage you put me in. I'm staying as a daddy. I'm staying as a mommy. I'm going to stay right where you've called me to stay. And when you tell me to go, I'll go. But I'm not leaving out of restlessness. I'm not leaving out of unhappiness. I'm not leaving just because it's tough. Just because it ain't easy sometimes. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to see the blessing come to past in my family. I'm going to stay with it in prayer. I'm going to stay with it in the ministry God's called me to do. I'm going to stay with it on the mission field he's called me to be in as a businessman. I'm going to stay with it in the areas that you've called me to dig. In the areas that you've called me to dig. God, I'm going to dig and I'm going to see the water come up. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Whatever university you're at, whatever college you're at, as a single, as a married person, whatever season you're in, in Jesus' name, make that decision today with resolution. I'm going to stay in Jesus' name. we got a worship song. Let's sing this song as you're coming down to this altar. Let's just worship God. With arms high and heart of the one.
our God is an awesome God he
will stay, I will stay through it all, Lord. I will stand, I will stand, I will stand on your Your name is great. 
worship you, Lord. You're worthy of all honor, worthy of all glory, worthy of all worship. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we praise you this morning. said in Acts 20 verse 24 none of these things move me none of these things move me shipwrecks persecutions abandonment hostility violence anger darkness on every side yet none of these things move me in other words God's called me here and I'm staying till I see the mission accomplished he's called me here and I'm staying till I see it through see it through in our world we've seen people with this testimony of just perseverance you know think about all kinds of different people that have succeeded in life when they shouldn't have when it looked like they wouldn't make it but they just stuck with it they stayed with it but you know that's a biblical principle patient faith patient faith just staying in the game until you see the breakthrough happen Lord, I just thank you right now that you're building that up in the men and women in this room. Patient faith. Lord, I thank you that we hear your voice. We follow your voice. Lord, we don't follow where the money's at. We follow obedience. And we know the provision will follow us. So God, if you've called us to be somewhere, even when it doesn't make sense, we're going to stay with it. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray all over this room for anyone who feels, if you're here today and you're not down at this altar and you need to get things right with God, you want Him to be Lord and Savior of your life, just come down to this altar right now. Join all of us down here. Maybe you're here today and you say, Paul, I need to repent. I've been that prodigal son. I left the house that I knew. I left the place of where God had called me to be and I'm coming back. I'm repenting and I'm saying, Lord, have your way. Man, He loves you. That prodigal son's father, he wasn't mad. He had his arms wide open. He said, come on home. There's a bed waiting for you. There's a party waiting for you. There's food on the table. You're back where you need to be. Lord, I just pray right now, God, for that stained faith inside of each of us. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for at the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. In Jesus' name, don't throw away your faith. Lord, I thank you right now that faith is growing, faith is rising. In Jesus' name. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, I'm all yours. Have your way in my life. Help me to stay with it. To do what you've called me to do. To be where you've called me to be. To make the most of where you've called me to stay. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna obey, I'm gonna sow and make the most of where you've called me to be. Lord Jesus, I repent of all my sins. I acknowledge you as my Lord, my Savior. You died on the cross, you rose from the dead and I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Give God praise today. Hey, man, God loves you. Stay with it. You're blessed to be a blessing.